Welcome to Podcast Homilies for Morning Prayer. I'm Father Ron Shipley, founder and director of the Anglican Internet Church, Inc. This new series is part of the AIC's continuing celebration of its second decade on the web. These podcast homilies for morning prayer are based upon the appointed psalm readings in the list of psalms and lessons for the Christian year found on prayer book pages X to XLI, primarily using the first pairing, which always includes a gospel reading as the second lesson. The second and third pairings of psalms and lessons are used only where necessary to avoid repeated readings of a psalm. Other variations from these general guidelines are pointed out in individual podcasts. Each podcast homily in this series includes a reading of the full text of the appointed psalm or psalms, followed by commentary on key words, phrases, and concepts. Special attention is paid to examples of the study discipline of Christology, which looks for pre-incarnation appearances of or references to Christ in the Old Testament. Since Jesus so often quoted from it in the Gospel accounts, the book of Psalms is often called Christ's prayer book. Each of these podcast homilies includes summary commentary on the first and second lessons appointed in the lectionary. Listeners to these podcast homilies are strongly encouraged to visit the Father Ron's blog page on the AIC website, which is accessible using the tabs at the top and the bottom of all pages. For this podcast, I have posted three illustrations on the subject matter of the podcast for Third Sunday in Advent, an illumination of Psalm 85 in colors and gold on parchment from the Psalter of Henry VIII, published at London around 1540 to 1541, but possibly a decade or more earlier, from Manuscript Royal 2AXVI, Folio 102V, in the British Library, London, England, an 18th century Russian Orthodox icon of the prophet Isaiah from the Iconostasis at Kiji Monastery in the Karelia region of northwestern Russia, and an illumination in colors and gold on parchment of the evangelist Luke from the circa 840 A.D. Fulda Gospel from the York Project's 10,000 Masterworks DVD collection. Details concerning the sources for these illustrations are included in the blog posting. Two further points of technical interest before I proceed to the psalm text. First, since many of the images are derived from the Vulgate Bible, I take this opportunity to explain the difference in numbering between the Vulgate translation and the English system. In the Vulgate version, based upon Jerome's 4th century translation, which became the official Bible of the Roman Catholic Church in the 16th century, Psalms 8 and 9 are a single psalm. The effect is that in the Vulgate numbering system, all the psalms from Psalm 10 to Psalm 150 are off by one number. For example, Psalm 85, Psalms 85 and 107 in today's reading in the Book of Common Prayer numbering system are respectively Psalm 84 and Psalm 106 in the Vulgate version. 
A second issue presented here in all these podcasts throughout the series, for those listeners not familiar with Anglican worship, is that the texts of the Psalter in the 1928 Book of Common Prayer are not the same as the Vulgate and also not the same as the Psalm text in the King James Version. The Book of Common Prayer translation, used since the first English prayer book of 1549, is derived from Miles Coverdale's Great Bible of 1539, the first official Bible in English and which was commissioned by the Church of England. By the time the King James Version, commonly called the KJV, was published in 1611 and in which a new translation of the Psalter based upon the Hebrew Masoretic text The Coverdale translation of 1539 was so well accepted and familiar to the English people who had heard it or read it in services for over 70 years that the prayer book's editors decided to retain the Coverdale text. All other scripture text in the BCP uses the 1611 King James translation. Coverdale provided a helpful transition between the Old Vulgate and the prayer book version by including each psalm's opening words in Latin, and these still appear until the 1928 Book of Common Prayer Psalter, and I found them very helpful in comparing the naming and numbering of the Vulgate and the BCP texts. There are two psalm readings appointed for third Sunday in Advent. The first is Psalm 85, a 13-verse messianic psalm attributed to King David. The psalm's opening words are benedixisti domine. Lord, thou art become gracious unto thy land. Thou hast turned away the captivity of Jacob. Thou hast forgiven the offense of thy people and covered all their sins. Thou hast taken away all thy displeasure, and turned thyself from thy wrathful indignation. Turn us then, O God our Savior, and let thine anger cease from us. Wilt thou be displeased at us forever? And wilt thou stretch out thy wrath from one generation to another? Wilt thou not turn again and quicken us, that thy people may rejoice in thee? Show us thy mercy, O Lord, and grant us thy salvation. I will hearken what the Lord God will say, for he shall speak peace unto his people and to his saints, that they turn not again unto foolishness. For his salvation is nigh them that fear him, that glory may dwell in our land. Mercy and truth are met together, righteousness and peace have kissed each other. Truth shall flourish out of the earth, and righteousness hath looked down from heaven. Yea, the Lord shall show loving kindness, and our land shall give her increase. Righteousness shall go before him, and shall direct his going in the way. Psalm 85 is a psalm of David, and a messianic psalm, which is used in the Advent and Christmas Eve readings. From the Christological perspective, that is, from looking for examples of Christ in the Psalms or elsewhere in the Old Testament, 
We may see here that David the prophet is appealing to Jews to confess and find mercy through the Messiah. O God our Savior, in verse 4. Verses 10 through 13 are fulfilled in the Messiah. For in the Messiah, quote, mercy and peace are met together. Righteousness and peace have kissed each other, unquote. God has looked down from heaven in verse 12, and glory may dwell in our land in verse 9b. The NKJV translation of verse 13 is more understandable. Righteousness will go before him and shall make his footsteps our pathway. John Milton set these thoughts into poetry in a book called Poems in 1648 AD, and others turned them into the song the Lord will come and not be slow, also based upon Psalm 82 and Psalm 86, which is hymn 312 in the AIC bookstore publication, the St. Chrysostom Hymnal. Verse 7 was adapted for the first part of the second versicle in morning prayer after the Apostles' Creed, or following the Lord's Prayer, if it had not been said earlier, to read, O Lord, Show thy mercy upon us, and grant us thy salvation. The second part of the versicle was adapted from Psalm 51, verses 10a and 11b. Verses from Psalm 85 have been used in many traditional hours offices in several denominations. Verse 4, combined with St. John Cassian's variation on Psalm 80, verse 2, is the second verse and response in the Anglican Compline Office. Verse 7 is part of the first antiphon in Anglican Vespers, and an adaptation of it forms the basis for the fifth prayer in Anglican Six Hour. These texts are found in full in the AIC bookstore publication, Hear Us, O Lord, Daily Prayers for the Laity, where you'll find Sixth Hour on pages 101 to 106, Vespers on pages 114 to 120, and Compline on pages 121 to 127. The second psalm reading for Third Sunday in Advent is Psalm 107, verses 1 to 16, a psalm attributed to King David. O give thanks unto the Lord, for he is gracious, and his mercy endureth forever. Let them give thanks whom the Lord hath redeemed, and delivered from the hand of the enemy, and gathered them out of the lands, from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. They went astray in the wilderness out of the way, and found no city to dwell in. Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted in them. So they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He led them forth by the right way, that they might go to the city where they dwelt. Oh, that men would therefore praise the Lord for his goodness, and declare the wonders that he doeth for the children of men. For he satisfieth the empty soul, and filleth the hungry soul with goodness, such as sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, being fast bound in misery and iron because they rebelled against the words of the Lord and lightly regarded the counsel of the Most Highest. He also brought down their heart through heaviness 
they fell down, and there was none to help them. So when they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, he delivered them out of their distress. For he brought them out of the darkness and out of the shadow of death, and brake their bonds in sunder. O oh, that man would therefore praise the Lord for his goodness, and declare the wonders that he doeth for the children of men. For he hath broken the gates of brass, and smitten the bars of iron in sunder. Psalm 107 is the third and final psalm in the trilogy of historical psalms of the Jewish people. It is also the first psalm in Book 5 of the Book of Psalms. The message, both in the Christian and Jewish periods, is that no matter the faithless acts, God still delivers his people who cry unto him for help, as noted in verse 13, but also in verses 19 and 28, which are not part of this reading. Verses 10 and 14 contain the familiar words, such as sit in darkness and in the shadow of death. The phrase was incorporated into the Te Deum Laudamus Canticle, which is attributed to Nicetus, the 4th century bishop of Nicetta in Dacia, which is modern Romania. The full texts of Psalm 85 and Psalm 107 are found in the AIC bookstore publication, The Prayer Book Psalter, where you will also find after each psalm text a list of every use of that psalm in the 1928 Book of Common Prayer. The book also features a glossary listing of every person, place, geographical feature, and event named in the prayer book Psalter, followed by a cross-reference to psalm and verse number. The first lesson appointed for third Sunday in Advent is Isaiah 35, a reassurance to Israel and perhaps a prophecy of salvation and healing to come in the future, suggestive of the coming of the Savior. The second lesson is Luke 1, verses 57 to 80, in which St. Luke continues his nativity narrative with his account of the birth and naming of John the Baptist and the song of Zacharias, which is the Benedictus Canticle. The reading ends with Luke's summary in verse 80 regarding the growth of the child and his eventual, quote, manifestation, unquote, to Israel. Luke's narrative is discussed and illustrated in our bookstore publication, The Gospel of Luke, Annotated and Illustrated, on pages 23 to 27. It is also discussed in episode 13 and episode 14 in the AIC Bible Study video series, New Testament Gospels, linked from the Bible study page. Isaiah, with many illustrations, is the subject of Part 2, Chapter 1 in our bookstore publication, the writing prophets of the Old Testament. The closing prayer is the collect for Third Sunday in Advent, derived from the 1662 Book of Common Prayer. O Lord Jesus Christ, who at thy first coming did send thy messenger to prepare the way before thee, grant that the ministers and stewards of thy mysteries may likewise prepare and make ready thy way by turning the hearts of the disobedient to the wisdom of the just, that at thy second coming, to judge the world, we may be found an acceptable people in thy sight, who livest and reigneth with the Father and the Holy Spirit ever, one God, world without end. Amen. Until next time, may the Lord bless and keep you, 
May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be merciful to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Glory be to God for all things. Amen. This program has been a presentation of the Anglican Internet Church. We invite you to visit our website and make use of its resources at www.anglicaninternetchurch.net.